What's up, y'all? Hi. Hello, 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 hello. Um, <clears throat> how are you guys? That's good, good. How are you, the rest of you? Some of you seem tired, so that's okay. That's okay. Um, maybe just go home and sleep. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Well, here's the thing. We're starting a new series called Afterlife Now. Um, and the reason we're starting this series now is because if you're not aware, in a few weeks, we have Easter, right? Everyone loves Easter. Does everyone know why we love Easter? Please throw me a hand up if you know what Easter is, okay? This, yes, okay. Well, I'm going to tell the people that didn't raise their hand just in case, okay? Here's the thing. Easter is three weeks away, April 9th, all right? It is the day that we celebrate when Jesus came back from the grave, defeated death, and saved our sins, right? And in every way, he made life better. He changed the world from that day way, way long ago, right? So we're in that series now, and we're going to get into it. But before we get into it, um, I want to ask you guys a, l a question or whatever. You don't have to answer, but I know you will. You can throw a hand up if you want. All right. How many of you have ever experienced feeling like unimportant, unheard, unvalued, like anything like that where you're not seen, not heard, not noticed, whatever, right? All of us, at some point in our lives, <clears throat> we have felt some sort of uh, uh, like not being important, not being like heard or noticed. We've been kind of put in the outcast realm of society with our friends, with our family, with sports, whatever it is. We've had this feeling of being outside of what everyone else seems to be doing, right? And here's the thing. Uh, I've been in that boat myself. I'm, I've been there several times in my life. One time in my life, I guess, I mean, it, it is like an experience, but before I get to the experience. Okay, I have four siblings. Three of them are older. One of them is younger. Okay, so when I was in kindergarten or like got into kindergarten, all of my siblings that are older than me went to the same school. So by the time I got there, it was like, oh, there's another Griffith at school. Okay, and then I got into middle school and they were like, oh, here's another Rowdy Griffith. They'll be crazy again. And then when I got to high school, we went to the same high school and everyone was like, that's Johnny's little brother. There, there's another Griffith at school. All of my life, I've been fortunate sort of in that realm of school to, like, not be unnoticed. People remembered my family because we have long, blonde, curly hair. We all look alike. Whatever it is, they remembered us. But when I got to college, I still went to the same school my two older sisters went to, but they had, there was space between when I went to school and when they were at school. And so by the time I got into college and I showed up on the first day, I felt so alone. I felt so unnoticed. Because I, all of my life, on the first day of school, every person, before I even walked in, was like, there's a Griffith in my class. But for the first time when I went to college, it was like, no one knows me. I don't know anybody. I don't feel comfortable here. I'm not noticed. I'm not heard. And so in those moments that you've had and where I was at, I started to ask these questions of like, does it even matter why I'm here? Does, like, does anyone even know who, like, does anyone know me? Does anyone care what I think? Does anyone notice what I have to say about being here? 
these questions, whatever it is for you, if you've you moved here and you're, you're making friends or you started a new sport or you had some sort of like weird breakdown with your old friends and you're starting new friend groups, at some point you kind of go, oh, I wonder if they even know why I'm here. What is going on? I probably could just slip out and no one would even notice. That's the story of what we're going to look at in the, in, in the eyes of what Easter is. Right? Easter to us is, is a pretty big deal as followers of Christ. In the church, it's a pretty big deal. Arguably like the biggest deal. This is the day, this is the moment where God came down as Jesus, right? Then he was arrested, he was put on a cross, he died, and he went into the tomb for three days and rose again. And at that moment, he made us free. But everything before that was broken, incomplete, and lonely, unnoticed. That's where we're going in this series a little bit about how in, in the light of Easter, people knew Jesus walking around for three years, saving people, performing miracles, doing all these crazy things. People knew who Jesus was. They knew what he said. He was going to die. He was going to come back. And then there was a group of people that still got to see him after. After he came back and rose again, people met with Jesus again. So we're going to look at a couple different stories of people that knew Jesus as he was walking around earth. And then he died for our sins, and then they saw him again. And I think in this story that we're going to go into, what, what it is is it's kind of the story that we skip over. We skip over this story a lot because when we think about Easter, we think about how he came back to life and he told his disciples and they met up and, and then everything happened and then he ascended into heaven and then the church started and all that, right? That's where it all starts. But we miss something in that story. And it comes from this, this lady named Mary Magdalene. So Mary Magdalene was one of Jesus' disciples. She wasn't called a disciple, but she was a disciple. And the thing is, we don't know about Mary Magdalene, right? We know Mary, mother of Jesus, and there's another Mary in there. Mary Magdalene doesn't get talked about a lot. There's a few things that we know about uh, Mary, though. She loved Jesus. She followed Jesus. She was in to do what Jesus was doing while he was walking around. The second thing is we know that Mary was basically a walking miracle, before she knew Jesus, before she was healed by Jesus, she was possessed by demons, having a struggle with life. People were putting her on the outside of everything. Jesus walked in, called these demons out, saved her life, and she had nothing else but to follow him. And she's a big deal. She's a big deal in the story of Easter because when we look at the story of Easter, we go to the New Testament, we look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. These are where uh, Jesus' story, his life was written down, recorded, so that we know who he is. And in four of the Gospels, four of the Gospels, all the disciples and, and all these other people and Mary Magdalene were at the cross. 
They watched him die. She was there, and it says it in all four of the Gospels. Mary was there. In three of the Gospels, it says that Mary was there at the tomb. Where they put his dead body, Jesus' dead body, in the tomb, she was there. And then in all four of the Gospels, she was the first person that Jesus talked to. Talk about someone who's important. In every gospel, she is there, if not more than every other disciple. She's part of this story of being told all her life she's an outcast, she's not allowed on this inner circle deal, but she's there more than any of them. She's important. She was an outcast until Jesus healed her, and Jesus told her something completely different. That she was important, she had a purpose, and that's why in all four of the Gospels, she's there at the cross. Three of the Gospels, she's at the tomb, and four, she's the first person Jesus talks to. She lived on the sidelines of life in every other way, but in the greatest story, the greatest comeback we'll ever know, she's so important. The Gospel of John, right, one of those first four of the Bible, or New Testament, writes it down a certain way that I think is pretty pretty cool. All right, it's, it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it here because it's easier for me. All right, no, I'll read it there. It's good. Okay, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, right? She, she was there. We heard that. She was crying outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels of white seated at where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And you can keep rolling through it. We're going to read it fast. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who, it is, who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, that's their language, Rabboni, which means teacher. In this story right here, just those verses, just that part right there, you see a lot of why she was there. To paint a little picture, before she had gotten there, she had walked out in the middle of the night to see if they had done anything with Jesus on the third day, before he had, you know, risen, before she thought he had gone anywhere, she went there to see Jesus. And the tomb, stone was rolled away, and there was no one in it. And so she went back to the disciples and said, there's, there's no Jesus. Where is this? She walks back to the tomb, and that's where this story started. Is, is the disciples are like, we got to find out where Jesus is. We don't know where this, what is going on. And she's standing there and crying because the person that saved her life, the person that made her life different, was gone. But when Jesus was talking to her, and he was alive. And she realized it was him. Her life changed again. 
It proved at that point when Jesus died on the cross, was put in the tomb, and then rose again, that he was going to do exactly what he said he was. And the cool part about it is this is why she was there. In that day, right, we know that women didn't have a lot of, you know, authority or respect or any sort of, like, power. They were unreliable. They weren't trusted. They could, like, a man's word was more than a woman's word, whether it was true or not. But Jesus put Mary Magdalene in this story and talked to her first so that she knows one thing. So that she knows she matters. That what she tells the disciples from that point on matters. It's trustworthy. It's true. Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. And he did. Jesus changed Mary's life one more time. All of her life, she had been told by society, by culture, by men, by every part of being a human, that she was not worth anything. But when she was the first person that Jesus talked to, after he proved he was what he said he was, the Savior of the world, he told Mary, you matter. That's why you're here. Putting her in this story makes her matter, makes the story go on. That's why we know what happened on Easter 2,000 years ago. Because she mattered. Because of the resurrection, because of Jesus coming back to life, Mary knew she mattered. And just like Mary mattered in that moment, Jesus was saying your name too. When he came back after he said he was going to do exactly what he did in saving your sins, my sins, the entire world's sins, he said, your name, because you matter. Easter is a great time. We celebrate God bringing down this perfect gift, sacrificing himself so that we can have relationship and freedom with him. And he wants you to know that you matter. So as we approach Easter, we're, we're a couple weeks away. You know, Lent is the, is the 40 days that you can do something, you know, give up something the same way Jesus gave himself up for you. As we go into the next two weeks, until Easter, I think there's a couple of things that I want you to know. That matters is that whether you feel like you're an outcast in life, you feel unheard, you feel unnoticed, unloved, in whatever realm you're talking about, school, friends, sports, family, in every single way that that is what you feel right now, when Jesus came back, He pulled you in because you matter. And so what what do we do with that? I don't know if there's a lot that we can like tangibly, you know, do about being 
pulled in because we matter so much. There's, it, other than just saying yes. But I think the beautiful part about how we're supposed to be like Jesus, pulling people in, is how we move forward. How you think about yourself. It's a reminder that we can take Jesus seriously because he did what he said he was going to do. He defeated death. He defeated sins. We can trust what he says. And Jesus says, Mary mattered, and so he says, you matter too. So how do we do that? What do we think about ourselves now? And, and, and this is just where I'm going to kind of... S- throw out some questions for you to think about. As we approach Easter, these are the questions I want you to like ask yourself. How do you treat yourself like you matter? Do you, do you believe that you matter? Do you believe that you treat yourself like you matter? Do other people, you know, give you the opportunity to matter? I forgot the third question. You can throw that up there. Do you allow other people to treat you as if you don't matter? Keep going. Do you treat others as if they matter? The same way that Jesus walked up to Mary and said, you matter, are we doing that for ourselves, for the people around us? That's what we get to celebrate on Easter, that Jesus being so good and, and so sacrificial to, to make me matter so that I can also bring that to new people and other people and, and to myself, that I matter. I'm here for a reason. They're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Band, you guys can come up. Now what I want to do is, is if we can close our eyes, let's do that, close our eyes, and just for a second, just for 20 seconds, what, what in your life, what would change in your life if you really believed that you mattered to God? The way he thinks about you, the way he treats you, the way he, he allows you to do all these things in life right now, what would change in your life if you really believed that you mattered? Now open your eyes. What I think would happen is if we believed that we mattered, we'd want to do something with that. We'd want to have that regularly. Feeling like we're noticed, heard, seen, loved. When Jesus died on the cross, sat in the tomb for three days and rose again, that's what he gives you. You matter. When we go to small groups this week or next week or whenever you're talking with your friends, I think the hardest part is we sometimes like to like break people down and it's fun and it's, it's like teasing. And that's sometimes true. You know, you, 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 don't, you love people differently 
but if we actually begin to treat them like they matter, that they're seen, heard, loved, the same way Jesus did when he came back to Mary. He said, I see you and you matter. And now we can move forward. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for what Easter is, God, in the celebration that you have died on the cross to save us from eternity in hell and, and death and, and struggle and pain forever, but that you actually have given us the gift of freedom, joy, and that we matter and we can experience that with you. I just ask that in the next couple of weeks, we can practice that. Make ourselves feel like we matter, believe that we matter, and take that to the people around us. Because they matter too. We love you, God. It's in your name. Amen.